You're listening to DraftKings Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the Cooligans, stupid. Okay, we are live back here. On the Cooligans podcast. Uh, did that work? Yeah, no, that worked. <laughs> I didn't turn on the speaker. <laughs> I forgot to set everything up before we got started. But welcome back. Uh, like I mentioned yesterday, Alexis is uh, currently doing uh, some uh, some rehearsals with, with CBS. So he will be back next week. But today, uh, just like in the last two weeks, we've had uh, incredible uh, co-hosts, guest co-hosts join me on the show. And today's obviously we're talking about American soccer. And there is a big American soccer story that we have to make sure that we cover. Uniquely American. I would argue. <laughs> Uni- you know, this is on- it's one of those stories that only an American could yeah, write. Okay? Exactly. This is this is the definition of American exceptionalism. OK, because <laughs> the drama this is this might as well be a Shonda Rhimes script. <laughs> dog. <laughs> we're having, uh, uh, you know, it's incredible dramatic and exciting so uh we have a you know this is very much you know we we focus a lot on american soccer and mls on our tuesday shows and uh, who I'm, i'm i'm so glad we have this guest in because he happens to be in new york and when you think of major league soccer especially if you are somebody who uh has ever been on instagram mike you ever been on instagram it's a, it's a, a few one, times. wonderful web website i've heard of it <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh but you may know him as this week in mls but everybody big round of applause for eli lesser everybody <laughs> 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 Boom! What a what a goal celebration, uh, Eli. What's up, man? Not much, man. It feels <laughs> it feels good to be in, in New York City for my last spring break. You know, a lot of people are in Puerto Vallarta and uh-huh. all those places. Nah, I'm in New York City. That's right. Getting- Some people are in Dominican Republic playing in CONCACAF Champions League matches <laughs> for spring break. You know, it's a little bit different. Everybody does it their own way. Uh, Eli Lester, thank you so much for joining me, man. This It's an absolute honor. Long overdue. I mean, we, you're, we've known you for years uh, and bumped into each other in different events, mm-hmm. All-Star, MLS All-Star and stuff like that. And uh, this week in MLS, if you if, if people are not uh, aware, go follow uh, Eli at this week in MLS. If if you are a fan of MLS in any way at all, there's probably very few people on the planet that know as much about Major League Soccer than you do. I mean, I live and breathe this league. During high school, you know, I was that kid during my lunch breaks, just like watching MLS stuff, posting about MLS. I didn't have a social life, and I feel like that fits in with a lot of MLS fans. So. I didn't have a social. Yeah, you, there's no way you you can have a social life now. I barely no. do. I mean, MLS fans, that's not a thing. Uh, that the Venn diagram 
of MLS fan and social life do not really. <laughs> yeah, you know, they say Saturdays are for the boys. Actually, Saturdays are for MLS season pass on Apple TV. <laughs> Let's go. OK, this is going to be a commercial for a Major League Soccer, bro. Uh, no, I'm happy to have you here. Obviously, uh, everybody, welcome to the Cooligans. It's the Cooligans, buddy. My name is Christian Polanco. That's the homie, Eli Lester. Coming in, for, uh, you, you, are, uh, you are from Los Angeles. Yes. But you are going to school, Sir Syracuse? Syracuse University. That's I'm right. a senior. Very last spring break and congratulations. Yeah, who knows friend. where life's gonna take me after this? But okay, yeah. Look, you are somewhere someone I uh, always very publicly root for. I'm just, uh, you. you know, uh, I I think even uh, when, when did you start this week in MLS? I started it in 2015. It was my summer heading into high school. Look at this, uh, because the Cooligans also started in 2015. Uh, that summer, I th a little bit after this, after the summer. Um, but so we're, you know, and we were in high school too. Uh, so <laughs> we, were, we were pretty cool. We were doing the Dougie. I don't know if you remember that one. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so everybody knows that we were very hip. Um, but it's one of those things where we we've come up together. Yeah. Uh, and, and let me. I guess the main question is, why did you start this week in MLS? Yeah, it's so funny why I started it because it started as a niche from a sports broadcasting camp I was attending mm -hmm. at the time. But then it just became this whole life for me, which has been amazing. And I, I wouldn't change that for anything. But, you know, I started watching soccer because of the L.A. Galaxy. I know that's different than a lot of American soccer fans, but uh -huh. MLS was my first exposure to the sport. So it made me it made it easier for me to fall in love with like the weirdness of the league because I didn't know it was weird. That's just what I thought soccer was. Uh, interesting. Yeah, because I, I, I say this all the time when like Ricky Pooj uh, uh, was when uh, he announced that when we found out he was uh, coming to L.A. Galaxy and he said like, wow, I can't believe the L.A. Galaxy are like interested in me. I'm like, Ricky, do you know it's not that big a deal? But it, but to, to younger people who grew up with the league, it's just it's just another soccer football league and mm -hmm. it's not there's nothing weird about it no i mean i didn't know what soccer was as a sport until david beckham came to the galaxy <laughs> that was that yeah. was my first exposure a lot of, a lot of people a lot yeah. of, i didn't i didn't know what you know uh, uh falling in love with a man was like until david beckham, <laughs> beckham got to hey fair enough <laughs> all good bro um so no look uh so th that is exciting because the um you are someone look I, I, especially in, by 2015 to now the league has changed quite a bit is is oh, yeah. and and you sort of been a part of that uh that growth and, and kind of highlighting that it has has it been a um how has been the, the, uh, you know we've seen you at like a lot of different events what's the welcome been like it, do people treat you like bro why do you know so much about this damn league why do you do you don't you don't work for the league why are you doing this to yourself or is it is it the opposite where they they're like uh, uh embracing of the fact that you are that connected to it yeah i mean from outsiders people who don't really know about much about mls or their you know euro snobs which we could get into a whole <laughs> argument oh, about sure. yeah, um, let's do it. but you know th those people are like why why mls why are you doing this but the people who've known me my whole life know I love like liking things other people don't. Um, that's just how I was, you know, in high school, I was very much in like the punk rock LA scene Let's go. and people don't really expect that from me now. Cause I seem like such like a nice bubbly guy. Um, but I've always straight against the norm. I'm a Clipper fan for Christ's sake. Wow. Like I'm, I'm a Clippers <laughs> fan in Los Angeles. I'm sorry guys. about that. I'm uh, sorry. And I've always, I always have been, it wasn't like a, Oh, Blake Griffin's here, by the way, this was uh, yeah. I was there for, you know, the, the dog days, but 
Um, so those people aren't surprised, but getting into like the big spaces like MLS All-Star, I had imposter syndrome at first just because I saw all these people I idolized for such a long time. I think seeing like Andrew Wiebe in person for the first time, Liter- something that wouldn't geek out the normal person <laughs> Bro, but for said, me. Said no one ever, but, right? <laughs> but for me, seeing Andrew Wiebe in person for the first time was like, whoa. And, you know, a couple drinks into my first All-Star event and I felt like I belonged and it was great. <laughs> Amazing. And, you know, I'll be, look, you do belong, okay? Okay. If Weeby belongs, you belong. All right. <laughs> no, love. Uh, look, we have extra time on in the back right there just to show uh, some love. Um, the yeah, okay. So now that we got that out of the way, um, let's uh, let's talk about the main, really the main story. And oh, this, geez. <laughs> this is this is definitely a you know Alexis needs to be here kind of because he would lose he would lose his mind. He loves. Uh, he loves U.S. soccer drama, so I know uh, a lot of people will, will. Maybe next week we'll get you know Alexis's uh, deranged take on <laughs> uh, on this problematic family. Uh, but for now, uh, let's just get it out of the way. So I, I just want to a- address some of the. We have some super chats in the chat. Uh, Robert from LA. Uh, Robert from LA. Uh, hey. Coincidentally, said in honor of Pi Day, the Cooligans' humor is just like Pi Infinite. Wow. There we go. National Pie Day reference. Happy Pie Day. I got to get a slice of pie later. (laughs) Damn. Amazing. Uh, Okay. Thank you, Robert. Um, Okay. So uh, so if anyone is not aware of what's going on in... um, So during the World Cup and after the World Cup, we all uh, knew that we, we talked about this a whole ton about... Uh, the the Burhalter family and the Reyna family and how the, there was a back and forth. Uh, Greg Burhalter said some. He said you know there was a player that who was being difficult uh, at a World Cup. He said this at a conference. Uh, everybody essentially knew who he was talking about, even though he did not say his name. It led to um, the Reyna family calling uh, Ernie Stewart, the the former sporting director at, at yeah, U.S. Soccer. And was like, yo, I'm paraphrasing, but, or not really, but (laughs) paraphrasing and basically like, yo, I got some dirt on Greg. You should not let him talk about my son like that, blah, blah, blah. And it, we, we, it it turned out to be a story about uh, uh, domestic abuse and, and it was, it was clarified and the, the, you know, the Burhalters were fighting with each other and awful story. Um, you know, but it's it, it, it's a but that was the re- reality of it. Uh, Greg Berhalter uh, came out with you know a statement and and every every so basically that's the, the story that happened. Uh, um, but then there was a, a an investigation mm-hmm. after that, and the the results of that independent investigation just came out, and they are bad. <laughs> <laughs> very bad very bad <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than what we thought um so l- let's go real quick uh into what uh exactly happened so there is a tweet thread um from uh Kyle uh, uh Bonagura Bonagura I don't know how to pronounce the name of uh, of ESPN uh and we'll just go through it line by line and just to try to make sense of uh, everything that was said so uh the first tweet says the independent investigation into the bro halter reign of feud and the 1992 domestic violence incident has been released it mostly corroborates everything that has been reported while providing several specific examples of what was going on behind the scenes 
Uh, and it continues, Claudio Reyna was unwilling to participate in the investigation. Danielle Reyna had two brief phone calls. They both made threats to U.S. soccer employees about releasing damaging information about Greg Berhalter, uh, Greg Berhalter's past during the World Cup. And uh, and continues, and it's a Claudio to the USMNT GM, Brian McBride, obviously USMNT legend. He says, you, don't, you guys don't even know uh, what we know about Greg. Uh, and then Danielle to an unnamed U.S. soccer employee says, once this tournament is over, I can make one phone call and give one interview and his cool sneakers and bounce <laughs> passes will be gone. And look, last time when we were reading some of these quotes uh, during the World Cup, we did it in a, a Jersey mafia say, accent. accent. So I'm going to just do the same thing because <laughs> Danielle Reyna seems to be more of more connected than I assumed. Uh, but it, it went like this. It goes, once this tournament is over. <laughs> I can make one phone call and give one interview and his cool sneakers and bounce passes will be gone. <laughs> okay. So let's just, let's just pause there so far. Um, this is insane, right? This is, it gets to a point where it's, look, we all know what, the reason this all happened was because Gio Reyna did not play enough at the World Cup. And this is what it triggered. This is this is the series of events that happened simply because Greg Berhalter didn't say, all right, go mark Gareth Bale. Right. You know what I mean? He, he didn't bring him into the game. So when you were reading this and you read this, uh, these tweets and, and uh, from this report, what did you think, Eli, when you saw this? You know, it was just some basic Sunday AYSO family <laughs> drama. <laughs> no, I mean, what the heck? I mean, we saw the Oscars, you know, the lat on Sunday, and the whale won. Well, we should have the soccer dad as like the next <laughs> grossing film. It would win we, everything. I think we need Will Smith to slap Claudia Reyna. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> is that the? Uh, we need to. We need. Uh, okay, Will Smith as Greg Berhalter would hit. Though. Like, I, <laughs> would it great. doesn't need to be like, you know, it doesn't need to typecast. Okay, okay. Just have Will Smith do it. Have Chris Rock be. Claudia Reyna, and you've got yourself a motion picture. <laughs> this is a a just just something that um, uh, look. There's no way that that the Reynas thought. Oh, no, maybe they did, but there's no way that they believed that this. I don't know if it, it, it seems like a like this is how things are done. We have to we for our son to be successful in U.S. soccer or for. Uh, for you know my son to be as successful as I was um, in the U.S. men's national team, I need to give him that extra push. I need to make sure I talk to everyone that could possibly stand in his way. I, it, it's just a, it's a, it, it's look, it's it's not how things are done, right? It, but it also feels like extremely uh, nepo baby, just <laughs> yeah, fiercely like I'm gonna hurt somebody if you don't take care of my kid and give him some minutes. It just sucks because. He's good enough to where he doesn't need any of that nepotism to like go in his favor. And if anything, this is going to hurt his chances with the national team. I mean, who knows if Burhalter will be back? Most likely not. I think everyone kind of hopes right. not. But, you know, I, I like his sneakers and bounce passes. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm a Burhalter in guy. However, yeah, it just sucks because Reyna is too good for, for this type of drama. And I think U.S. soccer is moving past this type of thing. You know, we're, we're, we're more, more legit than we ever have been. And just frustrating to see this type of thing. And I said this immediately when Claudia Reyna first, um, when this drama first came yeah. out. 
Claudio Reyna should be banned from U.S. soccer. I don't care if he's a U.S. soccer legend, but yep. for this, I mean, they're, they're, it's inexcusable, and it's not something you could just come back from, unlike maybe what happened with Berhalter in 92, where he was able to become a better person, work things out. He was very young, and obviously his wife and him are still great today if they were able to, right. to last this long and have so many kids, and they have their own Nepo babies. But <laughs> hey, Sebastian Berhalter, he, he's underrated, um, but... That's, okay, that's yeah, we'll get to, we'll get yeah. to that in a little bit. Some <laughs> underrated players in MLS, but okay. So this is, um, and I, it's a good point, and a lot of people have said this. I saw a tweet from Jimmy Conrad also mentioning. Um, he essentially said, like, look, this is what Claudio wanted. He wanted Greg Berhalter to be uh, to not be rehired uh, by by US Soccer, and and said, I, I hope you're happy with what you got because this is th this was a retali retaliatory. Uh, um, uh, just attack on him for simply not playing his son at the World Cup. Mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, we know why, like the, the motive for why he did this. The more you say it out loud, just the more ridiculous it sounds because you, you've brought uh, uh, just a level of embarrassment to your family. I, you, mm -hmm. And it's, it sounds like, you know, brought the embarrassment to house reina uh, or whatever <laughs> but it but it's that like absurd and and maybe this is just something to keep in mind that you you are kind of you're representing like Gio Reyna is representing himself, but he's also representing his family with how how he carries himself and his parents should be mindful of that. That's all I so there so there was more uh that came out of it. And we'll we'll go through some other tweets and um, the uh, so uh, the next one says Claudio Arena interviewed for the USMNT GM job in 2019 and has a long history of trying to influence different aspects of uh, US of uh, the US Soccer Federation as it has related to Geo an unnamed US Soccer employee. Uh, said, quote, characterized Mr. Reyna's historical outreach as, quote, inappropriate, bullying, and mean-spirited. Um, and then it continues, in an email in 2018, uh, Claudio complained about a female referee in a match Gio played in, and, and he goes, and in all honesty, uh, can we get real uh, and have male refs for a game like this? This is, it's embarrassing, guys. What are you trying to prove? A game like this deserves better attention, end quote. This is now. This is the one. You, you're not coming back from this, dog. No, um, that's just not acceptable at any level. I mean, come on. We don't need misogyny in the game right now. You're already a pretty bad dude, <laughs> yeah. and to now just straight up uh, hit hit up. Uh, you know, uh, come through with the misogynist uh, takes. It's it's really really bad. I mean, the, it, it's the the other. I mean, his the behavior in regards to his son and and. Even being mad at Burhalter, there's. I think some people can kind of like, oh, I understand why he did it. Like he's mad his son didn't get playing time. I, you know, maybe he has a bit of a temper. But this to 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 quote unquote protect your son to the degree that you're gonna just straight up be misogynist and not and you know you don't want a, a female referee because you think uh, that she's incapable of doing the job uh, as well as a man is. Is, is disgusting and then this this is what truly at least for me takes it to the degree of like you're not working how, how are you going to work in this space again and then it's like who do you send this email to why are we <laughs> hearing about this now like it, it, it's just another uh feeling of like if if this is you know there, there's the constant you know the, the the ad campaigns of you know say no to racism uh uh, uh it's, it's women's history month <laughs> at the moment 
Uh, not good timing. For this no. to but but if, if people are thinking like this in U.S. soccer right now, then then it's just like, yo, we need to get them out of there. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't care how big of a legend you were. I don't care what your influence is in U.S. soccer because, you know, at the time of that interview or that email, and now he he's still a big, like, figurehead in MLS with yeah. Boston FC. He was with NYC. I mean... This is just absolutely ridiculous. And I also went as far as saying he should be kicked out of the National Soccer Hall of Fame for something wow, like this. Okay. Um, that's that's my hot take. If you guys want my <laughs> Alexis <laughs> level take, you know, I can't do the the the, ner- the North Jersey accent, but I want I need a cutscene now of Burhalter to 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 rain on an alleyway being like, I thought we were friends. <laughs> I thought we were friends, Claudio. Yeah, Michael Raymond in the chat just said, I expect Austin FC to cut all ties because uh um, Claudio was obviously the sporting director for Austin FC, and then now is like a consultant yes. after the whole World Cup uh, debacle. And after this, I mean, it's just it's it's truly disappointing, right? I mean, uh, you know, we we interviewed Gio Reyna um, a bit before the World Cup in Germany, and it's just like a nice kid, man. I mean, it's like it, it's not to say that. Uh, you know, he's he's never done anything wrong or like, you know, what he did during the World Cup was like justified. But you 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 understand it because he's a kid and he's upset and, and he wants to play and maybe didn't handle it uh, well. Um, but it, it, it's one of those things where like because he's a kid, you understand that behavior and you would think that he had. He has a legendary dad that has been through mm-hmm. all of this that he can go to. And then he goes to his dad and is instead of his dad saying like, hey, I understand, son, keep working your hardest, you know, keep trying out there. His dad is just like, yeah, coach sucks. We got to kill. We got to destroy him. It's just like, bro, this is not it, it's just it, it's a, the, the, the way that I guess the family was, uh, I guess, somewhat portrayed seems a little bit of a facade. It seems a little phony uh, because they were just looking out for for themselves and looking out for their son so it's just it, overall it's just it makes me kind of sad it sounds entitled entitlement was the word that came to mind more than anything one thousand geo and the father oh you don't play like you don't do what i want you to do then you're gone yeah mm-hmm. like it doesn't even matter if he has reasons for it if he doesn't have reasons for it you're not doing what i want so you're out of here right right <laughs> i love justin freeberg in the chat just said eli just needs to spouse facts that can't be verified and he'll become full alexis (laughs) so so that's it you know the the move what were you gonna say eli oh no just looking at this the whole fact that like the the friends and family that were there they all had a good time except for the reinas who were just like acting terribly that that alone just tells you everything you need to know about this family and it just it sucks because you it's a very stereotypical thing i i went to a high school with a lot of kids like this with parents that are like very much you know helicopters and also you know very i know that feeling of entitlement and it just sucks because usually the nicest kids are the ones from like the family or with the parents that like have the that sort of attitude overbearing and stuff like that yeah Yeah. look and that specifically uh there's another quote uh greg berhalter uh, talking about the behavior of the reyna family in qatar and it says quote there there were 150 people in the friends and family program at this year's world cup all were having a great time except for five people who were absolutely miserable. Those those five were cursing, acting horribly. It was the Reinas. Uh, and it's just it, it it just sounds like a it, it it sounds like if you told me it was five teens being 
you know, who who were bringing smuggling alcohol and vitamin water <laughs> bottles, uh, you know, acting erratic uh, at the stadium. You would understand that. But this is just surreal. Uh, uh, and it's 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 just it's overall so, so bad. I mean, we, we spoke about this so much uh, during the World Cup and there isn't isn't that much more to add other than. It's just worse. Mm. It's just simply worse than it even was before. Uh, I think if this, if none of this stuff comes out, you know, everybody just sh shuts up and just goes on with their life, and, and maybe things are all right. Um, but it's just, I, 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 look, the, the main person I kind of, I just, I feel bad for Gio. I feel bad for uh, the, uh, the the Burhalter family mm. for to, to have this come out so publicly and have to like kind of experience it again and sort of private information. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like everybody is kind of like re-traumatized uh, by mm -hmm. it. Uh, it, it. At the very least, I hope that this helps change us soccer to some degree, because I think we're, we're seeing now about how there's people interested in the sporting director job mm -hmm. or I would say a lot of people not interested in there's the, a lot of people not interested. people are not they're like they're getting phone calls uh, uh, from like Cindy Paulo Cohn for like an interview. And they're like, nah, we don't we're not even going to go. And it, it apparently pays like eight hundred thousand a year. I'm like, I'll be the sporting director. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> hey, we can make a do. Can we US be soccer co-sporting directors? I mean, we I'll I'll, hey, I'll take 400K. <laughs> you take 400K. That's still great. Yeah, Pretty good deal. Um, You know, obviously uh, we'll, we'll run U.S. soccer to the ground, but we'll do our best, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but the, the 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 fact that no one wants this job um is is a bit concerning. And it kind of it seems like there's a more of a systemic issue. I mean, it has been, and I hate to admit it, but it, there's a lot of problems uh, with, you know, a lot of front offices in U.S. soccer with, you know, rehiring people with from the organization that might not be the most qualified, which might be a good segue into our next topic. Right, right. But um, that that's just been an issue, and we want to get some fresh voices into the game. I think that's like a huge thing that I really want to see moving forward, and it just sucks that all this is happening right before the U.S. is about to enter arguably their most important World Cup cycle ever. Right, you know, right. they're hosting it. They're expected it to be good. And, you know, the on-field product is very important, but it's about how it's from top to bottom how the organization is run that's going to bring success. It, it can't just be the players. And they're talking about um, Oguchi Onyewu, is, I, I heard, is, is interested in the job. Mm -hmm. But then the USMNT Twitter is like, why should he get the job? He doesn't have any experience. I'm like, bro, no one wants the job. <laughs> Gooch is way more than qualified. <laughs> yeah, no one wants the job and no one has the experience you want them to have. I actually like Gooch a lot. I think he, great dude. he is very positive. He has a great outlook on the game. And I think out of the guys, if we're going to bring back former USMNT players to put in to this type of role, I think Gooch is arguably the best option we have. I'm not, I like, I mean, Gooch, like Demarcus Beasley, I, I like people who feel, um, who, who really wore the badge with a lot of pride and, and, who also earned a lot of respect from, uh, from other players, even a player like, like even Steve Trundolo. Trundolo uh, I, yeah. I think, you know, it, maybe in the future, obviously he's just, uh, he's just in LA. He's in a great situation. Crushing your team. With, with, <laughs> he's in. A, I'm gonna say he's in a great situation with his current club. <laughs> right. But, so he's doing all right. Um. So it, yeah, it, it's a. It, I, I think the way we need, we talk about it has to be with a with a a little less 
um, arrogance. It's it's you know of like you know Gucci's not good enough. It's like, relax, relax. <laughs> we're not. We're, it, this isn't like the French national team uh, uh, where we're really parsing out and be trying to be very, very careful with uh, we who we select. There's a lot of people very much capable. And, uh, you know, running U.S. soccer is, is different than running some of the other, like, uh, federations. So mm -hmm. uh, let's all let's all chill. Um, I saw DraftKings is in the chat. Shout out to DraftKings. Uh, saying, got to get Mero on to discuss this. Mero, <laughs> like, Diaz and Mero, yeah. I, he can fill in for Alexis. Okay, that might, we'll that might work we'll too. I know uh, um, Meryl did uh, Levitard show yeah. a couple months a ago. ago. We got yeah, yeah. These these are some Meryl when we were uh, for actually for years we've actually been trying to get them on the show, and now very unlikely we're gonna get them both together. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, so let's move on to a little bit uh, more uh, drama. And given that you are uh, uh, Los uh, Angelian. What I'm an Angelino. Angelino. Third that's generation, right. by the way, which most people cannot say. I'm third generation LA, same neighborhood too. Okay. So. Well, damn, y'all, y'all were panning for gold, I think. <laughs> <laughs> In the <Literally>. West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I, I, I want to, because we haven't really had anyone to uh, talk about this story, and, mm -hmm. we, and we did mention it uh, when it first came out. So the uh, Angel City Brigade Riot Squad. All of the above. Just uh, every yeah, supporter a, group. The, the yeah. supporters groups of uh, LA Galaxy. There's one more. I forgot the other name of the other one um but they all they all generally i from my, from my understanding can never agree on anything like there's no. a lot of just uh, sort of infighting and just disagreements with how how to support the club which just happens at every every club Definitely. all the supporters it's difficult to get you know uh, uh thousands of people to agree on anything right um but this is the one thing that they all seem to be on board with uh and it's as they should <laughs> G, uh, uh, gm or sporting director what's his uh i forgot his role chris klein i believe he is the sporting director or the president he's president. the club president uh gm is actually our head coach's job okay it always seems to be our head coach's Vanny, job which right, is right. Tells you about our front office, but <laughs> it, yeah. it's very like MLS 1.0 ish. A lot of people say so, and and um, so uh, LA Galaxy fans, uh, supporters, uh, you you know they were going to essentially boycott the first game, um, yes. uh, the uh, Tráfico. Uh, that game did did not end up happening. Klein got lucky that the Rose Bowl match was canceled. That's <laughs> all I'll say. <laughs> so uh, LA Galaxy fans are generally pretty upset with what's going on, and given that you are the you know one of the LA Galaxy fans, at least one of the uh, loudest on the internet, very very proud <laughs> LA Galaxy uh, uh, supporter. Uh, how are you feeling about this whole ordeal right now? It sucks. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it sucks that this it, it has come to this uh, with the team. I, I fully support what the supporters are doing. I totally understand it. And, you know, it's not at the, any of the players. It's definitely not against Ricky Pooch because we, we love that man. We're not sure. protesting Ricky Pooch, <laughs> by the way, Ricky. We, we ain't protesting you. We love you. Um, but, you know, it, it's tough when you're supposed to be the, the standard of MLS you guys were, or we were for, you know, the first 20 years of the league. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden the shiny new gem comes up across the street and they're doing everything that we should be doing for themselves. And they're doing it better than we ever were able to just because of the current state of MLS and the way the league really helps expansion teams succeed, but they're doing everything right. And we're at the point in LA where the only thing the galaxy have over LAFC is the history 
And I will always say the Galaxy, um, you know, with their social media numbers, they have the best social media numbers. Wow. And <laughs> okay, everybody, let them know. I mean, know. no, I'm just saying facts. You look at that 1.4 million on Instagram and TikTok. That's it's, just it's, that's okay. the, what it is. It and they have something. the yeah, yeah. they have the global recognition, which they're losing now, especially with the announcement of LAFC and Bayern's new partnership. That's something that the Galaxy that should have been a Galaxy partnership. Who has LAFC produced from their academy for Bayern to want? Their Bayern sees what LAFC is doing on the field and they want to invest in their future, which is something that absolutely should have been the Galaxy. Right. And and, and, and I'll, I'll talk about that point because uh, obviously uh, FC Dallas had the relationship with Bayern yes. and they and they there were several players that either went to train at, at Bayern. Um, they they um, who obviously Chris Richards went yeah. from FC Dallas, went to Bayern and then is now at Crystal Palace. Um, so it, when I first saw the news, I was like, oh, damn, that's like what's up with FC Dallas? And they. I mean, credit to Bayern. I mean, they, they they see what LAFC is doing. It seems like a good move. Um, you know, maybe a, a very helpful to LAFC to as far as development. Mm-hmm. But then, from a you know commercial perspective, financial perspective, I mean, there's no hotter team than LAFC right now. Yeah, and you also look at what Chris Klein has been able to accomplish in his years as the Galaxy president. Because as there's a video we have on the screen, yeah, yeah. just it it points it out. I mean. The Galaxy are known for making big signings, but in the past 10 or so years, they've had way more misses than hits on these big-name players. You talk about the Dos Santoses. You talk about Stevie G. I mean, these are big names that are great for for recognition and have helped the Galaxy throughout their run, but, you know, they actually have to play well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And the Galaxy have just swung and missed on so many of these big names. And then, you know, the Galaxy had a historically bad 2017 season, and right after that season, Chris Klein was announced for a five-year extension. Yeah, what? That, that that's what seems uh, a little odd. And I, I look, I, I can only speculate. I don't know if he if his negotiation tactics are similar to the Reynos because I don't understand why <laughs> why after such poor uh, results uh, that he still keeps getting opportunities. And I remember, I, look, I, I have this photo on my phone. I, yeah. I went to. Um, a game. Uh, one of the when I first started going to uh, MLS matches. Um, oh, when Beckham arrived, and when Beckham arrived, I I, I used to go to like Metro Stars games, and then I, n- I didn't go for years, yeah. and then Beckham came, and then uh, you know my friends are like, "Yo, we gotta go." Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is a picture <laughs> of uh, I took this photo. This is the this is in two thousand eight, July nineteenth, two thousand eight. Uh, uh, you see, uh, you see David Beckham. You see Landon Donovan, Edson Buttle, and look at Chris Klein right there. Boom. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, I don't. Nobody can see it uh, other other than Eli. But yeah. it, it's a. So he's clearly a guy who's been around for a long time and is uh, has a lot of respect from ownership at at the club. Oh, one thousand percent. And that's the only thing keeping him afloat. It's just. It's kind of wild. And it, it's just. It's disappointing for it to get to uh, to this point where like. Now it's it's like a standoff with the fans of like yo get rid of this guy or we're not gonna you know uh, support the club. So I wonder, I don't know who's gonna fold. I mean somebody had I don't know what the compromise is. I I hate to say it because I I, I love the fans and I love the supporter group. I actually joined ACB last year. Just mm-hmm. no, definitely not a great business decision for me as this week in MLS. But like personally, I just felt like that's where I belong. Right, right, right. But I'm scared that, you know, the fans will fold first, which would be like the the more unfortunate scenario here. But 
the the club has already made it clear that they're calling out the supporters bluff and it helps that the galaxy haven't had a home match yet because we can't actually see this in action yet we've seen it in preseason people come into the stadium and boycotting and there's going to be boycotts this weekend at their home match i forgot who they're playing i think vancouver or someone um but it's just very unfortunate how the the front office's response to this has been you guys are bluffing you know yeah because i hate to say it because i love the fans and everything but you know the jersey sales haven't gone down. The merch sales haven't gone down. I mean, yeah. I, I, I love, I, I always find it funny where it's like, yeah, we're going to boycott the team after I get the jersey and I get that new reversible <laughs> jacket. Then we're going to boycott. <laughs> um, Once I look fresh, then uh, I'm going to, you know, take a stance. Yeah. And uh, like valid because that reversible jacket is absolutely heat. That, like, that, that, is, <laughs> that is amazing. I think our kit's amazing as well. Um, it's just, you know. I, 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 I'm with the fans here because I want to see that change made and I love the people that I've met in the fandom. I just really hope that they can be very stern with it and not fold at the first offer. You never take the first offer okay. in negotiations, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I know that the Galaxy, whatever that offer is, I haven't been part of those meetings. Um, I know that that first offer is going to be pretty low. And I also don't like hate the club necessarily, like the organization for what's going on it is an ownership thing but there's so much greatness that's still happening in the galaxy organization it's just that one specific leech at the top is really really hurting the reputation for everyone else because the marketing team at the galaxy top tier i mean the way that they i'm biased but the way that they work with their influencers and stuff has been amazing the way the guests that they're able to bring into the stadium uh, uh, right yeah adam serrano Uh, Serrano, yeah he's great he's a mega master at what he does and I think what he has been able to do with the Galaxy on social media has been fantastic. It just sucks that everything else in the organization isn't helping them. It's making their work harder by mm-hmm. trying to promote this club that is in shambles under the scene. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, a duck swimming in water. Everything looks fine at the top, but then under it, just like... Right, right. <laughs> That's a... Look, I, all they need to do is, uh, I don't know, tell tell Ricky Pooj that uh, if, if if Klein stays, he's just going to continue to be bored in L.A. I don't know what is the <laughs> the, the move. Um, it, it, look, it's, it's a shame because L.A. Galaxy should be on uh and they still sort of are they're on the forefront of like when people think of mls they think of la galaxy first and and then like obviously unbelievable signing i mean ibrahimovic coming yes. to the league i mean uh, from one of the hits one of the hits, one of the hits it, it is a from a marketing uh perspective it, it it's a similar what what uh, kind of what you're saying like the, that all the work behind the scenes is uh a, a lot more rigorous than it seems on the outside but then there's a little bit of like it's nice and shiny on the inside, but then when you look at the core, it's just like a slightly rotten. And you don't yes. want, uh, you know, it, it, with all, I, look, I, I'm I'm a Chicharito fan. I just mm-hmm. want him. I, I, he's just such a good dude. He's just a good man. <laughs> I want him to do well. Uh, I watch him on Twitch. He is he is somebody who is uh, very like uh, uh, forthright with his fans. He's very honest. He's like a vulnerable guy. Uh, and, and you don't see many athletes like that. And he should be playing on a good functional team you know yes. uh, yeah I, and w- when when la galaxy were hit with the penalties for uh yeah. you know I, I don't know what the uh for something chris klein did yes uh, <laughs> why uh i mean i'm sure that is what <laughs> yeah. leads to being like all right uh, he's had enough time at this at this job yeah so are you asking like what happened with the penalty yeah yeah i don't remember the oh, exact yeah. details so christian pavone uh came right, to the right, galaxy in 2019 and he originally signed as a tam player 
and then he would become a designated player his second season in 2020. But what was happening is a Blaze Matuidi inner Miami situation where he was being paid yeah, under, under the under rug. The table, yeah. And it sucks because Pavon, he was supposed to be like the next generational star for the Galaxy. Obviously, a lot of outside factors ruined that for him, totally. not just yeah, yeah. what happened with the club. But um, that was just such like a big red flag, you know, the, and it shows that this management doesn't know how to to manage the the salary and just the MLS roster regulations. And it's so frustrating <laughs> when you look at LAFC and what they're doing <laughs> and how they're able to sign in Gareth Bale and all these players on on the TAM deals. We said we were paying Pavon, mm -hmm. but then we actually weren't. But they, I feel like LAFC actually are like figuring out, out these ways. I mean, they all they do is, uh, you know, sign the players on a TAM deal and then they gave Gareth Bale just like a set of golf clubs. And it's yeah. like, hey, it was just a gift. <laughs> hey, we didn't. It's not a thing. I, I had it in my trunk and I, mm -hmm. and I gave it to Gareth. And uh, if uh, if just one last thing on LAFC. If LAFC wins the CCL this year, they're on verge on the verge of becoming the league's super club, which is something the Galaxy should be. <laughs> the Galaxy are the league's super club, but they're just not doing it. And LAFC, if if LAFC continues their their trajectory right now, they're gonna make MLS a league without parity in a league where there's literally everything that makes it a parody with all the regulations. I, They've just figured it out. I get that. I mean, look, I don't think uh LAFC are just like they're they're like Invincible. They, I, as a good. Galaxy fan right now, I, that's how I feel about them. <laughs> and I feel like they, I'm just trying to reach up to get to them, which is... It, it actually doesn't bother me as much as people thinks it does uh -huh. because I'm actually I don't hate LAFC as much as people think I don't hate any MLS club but I have to put on a front sure, sometimes sure. yeah it's a, it's a um, show it's a <laughs> but um it's just it's just frustrating because I know that the Galaxy should be up there and in my you know LA ab above everyone else mm -hmm. mindset it should be LAFC Galaxy one and two every year in the West I mean with the market it is that's what how it should be, and I would say the same for New York. But you guys, well, you no, we it. have our own issues. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people don't want to take the train anywhere; they just go watch soccer. Uh, it, it's a um, yeah. Look, LAFC to me, like it, it, I think the the after I've gone to uh, I was at the El Tráfico the the playoff game yep. in twenty nineteen, and um, the, I think the bigger issue is that there's just such a a psychological it's more of a psychological thing when playing LA when playing against LAFC especially mm -hmm. for LA Galaxy but it's like you know RSL they don't care I mean they they beat LAFC in huge games mm -hmm. Damir Krylock doing karate kid kicks or whatever uh, uh, and and winning big games but they without a doubt especially watching them uh in the, the CCL match uh, the, the addition of like Denis Buanga and, and just I mean he's 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 gonna win he's MVP like he's, he's so good he, he is, is so good yeah he's probably gonna win MLS MVP this year which should be Ricky Pouge's award you know you see <laughs> it's just a never ending cycle here I like I like this question DraftKings <laughs> asked uh, if you're an incoming MLS player wouldn't LAFC rank atop your list of clubs you want to go to maybe we can answer this real quick I mean just in, in are they the top? I guess. I mean, you. I guess you would want to go to the team that won uh, the uh, MLS Cup. But the and then from a, like from from a personal perspective, as like a, if you're a player, you, uh, I guess you would want to go to like a big market, and LA would be very nice. 
I, so I would say LAFC would be top, but who would be two? Who would be the team that you definitely want to go to? Is it, is it necessarily the Union because they were the, uh, you know they were also in the final? Or, but you also, I mean, no disrespect to Philadelphia, but it's, <laughs> it's also Philadelphia. There's also there might be some other cities that might be a little bit up more up there. Yeah, well, I'm hanging on to the the the, the point that the Galaxy have the global recognition still over LAFC, but uh, that's fading away very fast. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I'd say the second market, which sucks because they haven't done dog blank, <laughs> is inner miami Right. You right. know, that's the second market. You know, I, I have, like, in my head a big six of MLS clubs, and Miami's just in there because of them being Miami, not Miami, anything yeah. they've actually done. Uh, the <laughs> Dominic just said, Eli's making LA Galaxy sound very much like the whiny little brother. And they're supposed to be the big brother. <laughs> We're literally the big brothers. How am I the big brother, but I'm shorter than you? It makes no <laughs> <Yes>. sense. <laughs> um, uh, Justin Freeberg said, Christian, watch your words, my friend, in regards. Justin's from Philly, so <laughs> <laughs> being very, very careful. You know what? Look, whether you're in Philly, whether you're in Miami, I think the, the main thing you need is to chill. Just to chill right Just mike because you uh, the best way to chill we all know is with an ice cold Coors light right eli oh, let's actually believe it or not and i didn't even know this show was sponsored by Coors light I had a Coors Light with my pizza uh, just an hour ago. Ooh, the big bosses of Metal Lark are <laughs> sponsor me. Wow, he had a he had a Coors Light with his pizza, and it, it is we're, it's currently eight thirty a.m. Uh, <laughs> yeah, impressive stuff, Eli. Uh, no, uh, so shouts to uh, uh, Coors Light. Obviously, someone just asked me a really good question that I could show the or I could actually give an answer to. Um, if Apple gave me my own show on the MLS package, where. I have a bag, but I have to exclusively cover and support LAFC. Am I taking the job of money? <laughs> Fun fact, I was on the 110 football show, yeah. which was an LAFC show. I didn't cover <laughs> LAFC on the show. I talked about the rest of MLS because they all knew I was a Galaxy fan, but of the course. world didn't. This is when I was when everyone thought I could have been an LAFC fan or a Galaxy fan. And what, what really drew the line for me and why I really started telling people about it was because so many Galaxy fans thought I was an LAFC fan, and that right. hurt. Right, right. That right. <laughs> you gotta, at some point, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you have to pick your colors. But the answer is yes, because I am, I am a Galaxy supporter, but I'm an MLS supporter. But before you would do your, else. you would do your job yes. if you had to do your job. Okay, well, anything to get me to Apple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is why Eli can't be trusted. Don't trust anything <laughs> he has ever said on this entire episode. But uh, unless he said something positive about Coors Light, so yes. uh, you know uh, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue uh, when your beer is cold. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. Uh, so mark your calendar for some quality time with Coors Light. Uh, get Coors Light delivered. Straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash Cooligans. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's go. All right. That was the most seamless ad read transition we've ever had. It's, uh, that was the I, best look, one so far. I, I, you know what? I, 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 I never waver, okay? Never. All right? Never, Just never. like, uh, uh, you know, Eli pretending to be an LAFC fan for the bag. I do that for Coors Light, bro. It's all good. Hey, one thing I'm not, if we're talking about drinks, you know, I got my little sponsorship, you know. Um, and that is a natural one. I actually like the product. I don't know if I can say it on this show. because Yeah, yeah, Coors you Light. Can, Oh, yeah. I mean, the body armor thing I have, I genuinely really like body armor, so I don't have to pretend to like it. No, all good, all good. Uh, I'm, I'm just teasing, all right? Every- Coors Light is a great drink, and this is I'm not being paid on the, under the table <laughs> by you guys, but it, it is my selection for when I'm out in New York City getting pizza. Let's so, go. Okay. Okay, so um, uh, so a couple other things to uh, cover. The um, we the one thing that you do that I enjoy, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, again I mentioned it uh, this week in MLS. Go follow Eli, uh, especially on Instagram. Uh, d- does a lot of great work there. But the the uh, under uh, under the radar players. All yes. right. So and this is uh, is always fun because I I rarely get the opportunity to go. Uh, in the weeds of like just MLS players that aren't necessarily we know the superstars, um, but you have a series of of under the radar players, um, and I I, I want to first highlight. You could tell me some of the, some of your favorites out of the ones yeah. that you've already highlighted. But one I, that I appreciated that you highlighted is Derek Etienne Jr. Yes, uh, Derek Etienne Jr. Who's been on this show? We've been on the show two times. Uh, g- great, great dude. Always a great interview. Really fun. Got a great personality, but also a great player that is just a guy that doesn't get a ton of recognition. He was obviously came up through Red Bull, uh, went to Columbus Crew, and is now uh, in Atlanta United. But I'm I'm glad that you did highlight him. Yeah, I mean, he's a player that always finds a way to score a big goal. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter how many goals you're scoring. It, it, it At the end of the day, if you're coming up big when your team needs you most, that's the most important thing for me. And what I'm looking for, a depth player, because that's kind of what he's been his career, even though I think he should be starting. And I believe, oh no, he hasn't started yet for Atlanta. Yeah, I think, but, uh, is he, uh, I don't know if he's dealing with an injury. Yeah, I haven't seen him on the field yet, but, you know, he's that guy that's just always been big in big matches. I believe it was the—I think he scored in the 2020 MLS MLS Cup, or he was at least, you know, in the playoffs, you know, he was scoring goals. Mm -hmm. And he's just super fun to watch. He was awesome for the crew last year. I think that was the most matches and goal contributions he's had in a season— and I just feel like no one really talks about him unless you're like Matt Doyle or David Goss. Right, like you're right. not talking about <laughs> Derek Etienne Jr. But I, I really, I see Derek Etienne and I, I love what he does. Um, so I, I wanted to give him a shout for that. Sure. Is there any, uh, you've highlighted a couple, any other one that you wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that more, more people were aware of? Yeah, I think everyone's aware of it now based on how he started this season. And I hate to bring up NYCFC because he scored on y'all the first week. <laughs> but Jacob Schaufelberg of Nashville SC one of the most underrated moves of the past year in MLS, um, Nashville bringing him in from Toronto, originally on loan, then acquiring him permanently. I mean, sometimes for young players, it's all about the system fit and the way that he fits into Gary Smith's system has been amazing. And there's all this talk about Nashville. Hey, they need a real striker. 
But hey, in the meantime, having Jacob Schaffelberg on the left wing, the partnership he's developing with Hani Mukhtar, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's a. Um, I wasn't happy. Uh, so <laughs> thanks for bringing that up. Why you? You could have picked anybody. <laughs> Sorry, he's my boy, and he's got a nice mullet. I feel like everyone who goes to Nashville has to rock the mullet. Okay. Just like I feel like. Was it the Red Bulls like a couple years ago? They all had long hair and mustaches or something. Yeah, I, I mean, say, I was gonna say Schaffelberg gives off massive '90s NHL player. Vibes. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. And he didn't have that in Toronto. That's no, a Nashville yeah. thing. That's wow. a Nashville exclusive. Um, but he's electric. Um, he's electric. Yeah, he he's a great guy and just a very underrated player. And I think he should get a call up to the Canadian national team soon with the way he's played for Nashville. Okay, yeah, the photos I'm seeing here are uh, those are all those are from uh, from uh, in, in Toronto. The, yeah, but this one, yeah, he got sort of getting it. That's still it's from a, last it's year. It's a sweat. It's a sweaty mullet. Yeah, <laughs> sweaty mullet. He he did the the you know with the the with the hair uh, band in his hair, just having long hair uh, back in Toronto, but. Uh, yeah, the dude is, uh, he's a beast and he's, you know, after watching him play against NYCFC, um, he scored the second goal. He scored the second goal, uh, when Hani Mukhtar came into the game and it's just like, oh, he just needed Hani there because he was just going to, all he just needed was somebody to create a chance for him. And and he did exactly that. Um, the, uh, there was a couple other things that happened. I want to, uh, talk about CCL a bit. Um, because the uh, I'll pull up the photo in a second, but the the Philadelphia Union uh, who they play? Uh, why am I forgetting who they played? Uh, uh, Olympia. O- Olympia. Yeah. Olympia. Uh, it was nil nil. Uh, but the highlight of this game was the dog. Hey, that stadium got that dog <laughs> in it. <laughs> the puppy uh, that ran onto uh, the pitch. Uh, I, I gotta find the um, uh, we we had tweeted about it or something, but. It's a see, this is this is par for the course for CCL. It this mm-hmm. it's like when you're playing in a um uh you know in, in a stadium in Central America. Um I don't know if, if if there are you know puppy supporters groups that have you know their season <laughs> ticket members <laughs> because there always seems to be uh, a dog or a bunny uh, or some animal that gets on uh, the pitch. But it was it it. it the game wasn't necessarily boring, um, but this didn't hurt having a little dog there. No, and I heard a rumor, and I'm going to say it just because I saw in the chat they need an Alexi- Alexis, you know, n- unverified fact to uh-huh. be said by me. Oh, they played Alianza, so thank you. Alianza, sorry. Yeah. Another team played them. But, um, yeah, I, I, I heard that a security guard let the dog on the field. Well, I did see this footage. There yeah. was there's, there's some uh there's some footage somewhere of the uh, so, uh like a security guard I guess trying to grab the dog but by grabbing the dog they opened the gate onto the pitch yeah. and the dog was like, "Oh, thank you for opening the door for me. I'm <laughs> just going to run at full speed past you." As he should. <laughs> but I, you know what's interesting is that the dog not only ran on the pitch but he immediately ran for the ball and started biting oh. the ball. He wanted to work on his first touch. <laughs> like what are you saying? Which is I don't know, like do you have a dog? You have any pets? Uh, so grow up I, I had a very demented bunny. Okay. Um, kill a rabbit from just Monty like a Python. very much Monty Python-esque yeah. rabbit that I would unleash onto my sister. Um, but uh, I've never actually had a dog. So Okay. The uh, but So my dog, for whatever reason, uh, is like, he's not interested in soccer balls that are like size five soccer balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he'll go towards a uh, he he could he could mess with a size three, 
soccer ball, a two, but five, he, he doesn't even acknowledge it as a toy. He's just like, this is not, this is not, this is for humans. This is yeah, not yeah. For, for me. So when I saw the dog rush to the ball and actually bite the ball, I'm like, yo, why can't my dog be like this? <laughs> <laughs> he saw an opportunity, you know? We're watching it now. I can't put it on uh, on YouTube because uh, we'll get dinged or whatever. Um, uh, but uh, but uh, again, a, a fun uh, a fun uh, wrinkle in CCL. The other one was uh, and this is probably less fun for Austin FC fans is the um, uh, the loss to uh, uh, Violet AC, uh, a Haitian club. They were playing in uh, in Dominican Republic, which is uh, coincidentally that they were playing the stadium where Cibao FC is from, uh, oh. where they play, which is um, where my family's from in oh. Dominican Republic. So I was That's like, awesome. I have, I've actually been to that stadium. I watched the CONCACAF Champions You've League You've seen game. the tree in person? Usually, I've seen the tree in person. <laughs> I actually sat Whoa. on those bleachers next to, to, next to the tree. <laughs> so, uh, so it was cool to see that. And the fact that um, uh, Austin FC, they lost... Um, they lost three nil to this Haitian club that is, uh, from all accounts, and I, I'm not here to like disparage or even speak negatively of this club. Everybody's just saying like this is a, 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 a almost a semi-professional team. Austin FC fielded a uh, a very very turned over roster because the I, I think Josh Wolf the impression was all right. Well, this is this is like playing uh, you know uh, an open cup match which i didn't agree with i think you know you have this opportunity no matter who you're playing you want to show your best in any opportunity and i i i hate when teams don't like put their best players on for certain tournaments yeah um even if they have another mls match there's 34 mls matches how many matches are you going to have in the ccl and for them it's potentially only one more so. right and to lose um <laughs> three nil to this club i mean it, it it takes it from like you know anything can happen in ccl whatever you know ccl fever but this was a uh, uh, uh it felt much more like a completely avoidable uh result easily yeah and and it's one even there's a there's a little bit of like if you're playing in ccl uh, you're playing in Champions League, you qualify. It's a big deal. It's a privilege. It's the yeah. It's the first uh, one for Austin FC. Mm -hmm. And if you're a player on that team, whether you're Drusy or anybody, wouldn't you be like, yo, I, it's it's just a cool experience. I'm going to I'm playing soccer in Dominican Republic in front of this giant tree that looks like our logo. Uh, put me in, coach. Yeah. And tree FC got <laughs> upset by a literal tree. <laughs> wow. It, so it, it was kind of wild. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think the, the two goals that they gave up, the, the headers, mm -hmm. it, it is what it is. That, that third goal. goal for that, but the own goal. That third goal. If you didn't see, it was an own goal from uh, Amro. Amro Tarek, who's no, unfortunately known for that in MLS throughout his years with he, uh, Red Bulls. He, he, he and played Orlando. for Red Bull. I remember that. He played for Orlando, too. If yeah, I, during I, their really bad days you know so i and if you haven't seen this uh highlight please look it up everybody uh but it, it is one of the worst i mean brad stuver makes an incredible save another it was a cross another header uh uh and brad stuver is just doing what he can in this game but he makes a, a spectacular save and 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 Tarek, uh bro rockets it into his own net trying to clear it out it looks so Bad. He just it, he made it look more comical than it needed to be, and uh, mm -hmm. it almost to the point where it almost looked intentional. Um, but you do, do you think Austin FC? I know they're playing actually tonight. 
uh, in the in the second leg. They're going to play in Austin. They, and and this this the the uh, Violet, this, uh, the Haitian club, they uh, were having a lot of issues even fielding a team because they couldn't uh, get visas for all their players. Uh, and so we'll see what this game looks like. But do you think Austin FC can actually win this tie? I've been saying it since last week. I think they're going to win 5-0. Really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, it's one thing going going over there and playing, but then now that they're going to be at home, they, they are down already. We don't even know who's going to be on the field for Violet. I, I see them winning this one and probably ma- making the, a big enough comeback to, to go through, but maybe that's just the MLS bias in me. Okay. Uh, one thing I'm pissed about is Violet was recruiting, you know, Haitian-Americans or, uh, you know, Haitians that live in America to, to play for them, and they didn't reach out to my boy Elisha. Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, come on, you got to get Elisha on the team. I bet he could. I mean, he he look great on the bench, right? <laughs> Just get him in a jersey. Get him to Instagram story the entire event. That would event. be dope. Elisha's the homie, and he was actually in Austin this past week for EMLS Cup. Okay, so he was already there. You didn't you didn't need to have to do much to get him there. Hilarious. Um, but. You know, it's all it's all good at the yeah, end of yeah. the day. And I, I it'd be cool if Violet won, but as an MLS homer or propagandist as the USMNT fanboys like to call <laughs> me, uh, I, I need to see Austin go through because I think out of the MLS clubs they they have a really good shot at winning it. Right, and then uh, today also, if you're listening to this, the results are already happened, but obviously we're recording before the uh, before the matches. Philadelphia Union have their second leg against uh, Alianza at home, and Atlas will be playing Olympia at, at home. This 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 CCL, I mean, maybe because uh, the Sounders won it last year, um, or even just after watching the the first uh, leg of, of of the matches, MLS th- this this time it feels like. It would almost be disappointing if an MLS team doesn't win it. They, I feel mm-hmm. like the last, you know, you know, six seven years, we we saw those you know wild CCL matches either with either with Montreal with with Toronto FC, mm-hmm. uh, uh, LAFC, and just getting kind of close but just not being able to close it out. And now it, it feels like we've gotten over that hump. Absolutely, and I think MLS should win it every year now, um, just based on it. And I think. <laughs> I, I mean, no hate to Liga Mekis, but I, I don't think Liga Mekis has a team better than LAFC or the Philadelphia Union. Interesting. From what I've seen, and, you know, seeing Tigres not being able to score on an Orlando team yeah, that was basically parking the bus. Tigres? Yeah. They, it's unbelievable. They're yeah. one of the best teams on the continent every exactly. year. Exactly. And what? Orlando being able to last Crazy. and salvage a nil-nil Crazy. draw there, and now they're going home, and Gignac's not going to be there. It's it's amazing. Do, the, we know why. You know why he's not going to yeah, be yeah. there. Well, there's two reasons now. <laughs> okay, the one, yeah. The, there's the, one. the COVID reason, and also he got a red card in that match. No, no, no. He got taken back. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, it did get they, taken, get back. taken back. Either way, he wasn't going to be there anyway. Gonna, Sorry, if you don't know, the, back, Andres uh, Pierre Gignac uh, is, I he's guess. He's an anti-vaxxer. Uh, he's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> he's like, I can't go. Wait, but he's going to Florida, which you would think DeSantis would be like, hold his hand yeah, into, into the airport. Yeah, Ron DeSantis is going to have a photo op with Gignac, even though he's not playing in the game. Damn, dude. Okay. Um, so uh, so look and look and, and like the the game with Orlando and Tigres, it did feel, it, it, you know, it's always uh, they play. Where do they play uh, Tigres? They don't play the Azteca. I forgot what. No, play. no, no. That's America, I believe. Um, uh, it, but it, it there was a. I was surprised that Orlando didn't seem as intimidated as most MLS teams do when when they go there and and, mm-hmm. and play. Um, the, and that's generally the, been the 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 feeling. There's been a 
a lack of intimidation um, in these matches that uh, that's what I, we, we've grown accustomed to. And uh, But MLS, it, it does feel a little bit like they should win. I mean, I don't know if it's LAFC or the Union. The U- LAFC look like the favorites. Uh, as far as the statement about uh, the, that no team in Liga MX is better than LAFC or the Union. I stand by it. I don't care if all of Mexico it, comes after me for tough. that one. <laughs> I, I stand tough. by that. It's a tough one. May, maybe. Who's um, got Chiellini coming off the bench in Mexico? Right, right. <laughs> that's fair. That's it's, fair. It, and maybe that's just the, the, where, what we're seeing is that at least in Liga MX the last few years, um, they haven't had the turnover of of that young superstar. We know the old, the, the more veteran players, uh, but some of the veteran players have left uh, Liga MX and mm-hmm. have actually come to MLS. Lucas De La Rayan is one of those examples. Um, and so they haven't seemed to replace some of those players that they've lost. And maybe this is now we're sort of seeing the kind of the... the the, the fundamental issues with Liga MX and mm-hmm. like they you know they stopped doing pro rel for a little bit I think they just I think they're bringing it back next year or something yeah. like that um so but but maybe in that development of like that that next crop of superstars it seems like MLS this, this is where they swooped in and and made that change to you know be a little bit better on the I continent. think it was like 2019 where we saw pretty much if any player scored 10 goals in Mexico they were in MLS the next season. Right, right, right. We're looking yeah, at yeah. like Alan Polito, Rui Diaz, <laughs> Gustavo Bo, just- any decent striker in Liga Mech, he just went to, to MLS. Um, so, yeah, I think we are seeing the, the tide change a little bit. And you mentioned that confidence. I think, you know, Seattle winning it last year. And I know we say the All-Star game doesn't matter, but MLS has won both of the MLS versus Liga Mech's All-Star matches. Right, and, right. you know, who knows what what kind of confidence that gives you know MLS teams? I'm not gonna put it past them to to say that you know it doesn't, but it or it does. Right, right, right. So the um, what other uh, who plays tomorrow? In the, let me just look at the uh, CCL. Tomorrow we've got Real España versus Vancouver, Orlando versus Tigres, and LAFC versus. LD Alajuelense, the Costa Rican team, which is uh, <laughs> NYCFC. Uh, I I went to the CCL match that they played against uh, San Jose, but they played in that stadium mm. uh, because the San Jose uh, stadium was like very far from the airport. So they just decided to play in a more central location. And they were it, it was a stadium of like 50,000 and there might have been. 2000 people there. I mean, and it was mostly like NYCFC fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a, a very I had a great time in Costa Rica. It was a very nice stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah, you, you you have to I feel like I you know, as far my my favorites right now have to be LAFC, especially after how they handled uh, to score three goals on the road um and uh, and Denis Buanga, uh, you know, after dealing with uh people throwing uh, bottles at him and water, like they, there was so many stoppages in this game uh and and for them to handle it uh, confidently and do well, uh, so you got to favor them. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk Let's talk some MLS and yes. and just as uh, uh, who who are your who are you liking this year because it, it, this this feels like a transformative year for uh, the league and the fact that the, the Apple TV deal and everything makes it feel a little bit like um, even the players are like all right we gotta we gotta shine this year because we're on you know we're le- we're all ramping up into the to the World Cup but 
there, there, there seems to be a little, a, a different kind of pressure, or at least a, a potential for something uh, for the league to really sort of explode in the next mm-hmm. couple of years. So, who are any, uh, uh, f- who are your favorites at least uh, this year so far? Um, so far, and kind of in general, I mean, I mentioned it with you know the CCL debate, but I still think you know LAFC and Philly are the teams to beat right now, and I think they're the standard that that every club is trying to get to in terms of on-field product. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm liking the starts of both of them. Sure, you know, Philly took an L in week two. LAFC is 2-0, and they, they had a very convincing win just last night or the other night yeah, against yeah, New Sunday. England. Um, I did like New England until that match, um, but obviously it's so early. I'm hoping to see, you know, Atlanta be good again. They have been good at the start. Nashville's switch back to the east has been pretty smooth so far. And then, you know, St. Louis is 3-0, and and it's crazy yeah, to say I, that St. Louis City SC <laughs> is 3-0. and I do want to talk about that. This uh, kind of uh, – I spoke about this with Jillian Sakovitz when they were – you know, when they won two games. Uh, but now that they won three, it, it, it's the, – the the third game was against um, – uh, who was the third game against? I don't remember. Um, yeah, Portland. Portland, yeah. In Portland 2-1. Um, where do you think this, uh, you know, where is this coming from with St. Louis? The, the, the fact that they not only, they don't look like an expansion team. They look incredibly comfortable. Uh, there's a certain, uh, you know, swagger uh, to how they, uh, you know, carry themselves. And then that, that home, that stadium was just gorgeous. Which and, uh, I, I'm hoping to visit and, you know, thankfully to Body Armor, I will be visiting at some point. Don't know yet. Um, but what's... Been the success for St. Louis so far has been they have a clear identity of how they want to play and how they're going to play, and they've done a great well at executing that. You know, the Red Bull or the energy drink soccer mm-hmm. me- mentality that they're they're playing. I mean, it's showing. You know, there's a reason why um, they were ready for those back passes from the back line that led to two free goals for them. That's just the style of play, the high press, the the counterattack. Kevincho in the chat uh, said, lucky-ass goals, my God. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes, they were, but also they were also skill in a way because they put themselves in those positions because they, they just have a better way of reading the game heading into MLS than we've seen from a lot of MLS expansion clubs. And I think part of what's benefited them that a lot of people aren't talking about is last year, most of their core pieces were already there playing for, for MLS Next Pro Okay, um, for that second team. I mean, Roman Berkey was playing a, an MLS Next like was yeah, playing yeah, an yeah. MLS Next Pro. That helps them. They're already building that identity. They're already playing with each other. And they've also just smashed certain signings. Joel Klaus, their, their new striker, mm-hmm. he's going to be one of the best strikers in the league. And we're already seeing that from him. And I wasn't expecting St. Louis to be a playoff team. Definitely not this early. But based on the way they've played, I don't think they'll win every single match like they have. But I think they're 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 gonna stay in the playoff range for 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 the West. Yeah, it's a good uh, start to say the least. Um, my concern is that look, they've gone th- what three games where um, or two in, in two of the games that the you know back passes and just dumb mistakes that led to uh, great uh, goals five of their six goals were were from non open play goals <laughs> in those first two matches right right so <laughs> it, it there's a little bit at least for me i'm like uh may, maybe this is the concern of like worrying about the euro snob tweets or whatever like oh had to be an mls or whatever mls goalkeeping or mls defending and stuff like that so there's a little bit of me that's like yeah, I'm happy for you, St. Louis, that you're getting these goals. But like, 
do them in a different way, okay? Because <laughs> there are people on the internet that are going to be very, very condescending uh, by seeing these mistakes being made in this league. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's unfortunate. It's just what it is. And then you always see like barstool football be like, haha, this is what MLS is. But it happens everywhere. All these <laughs> it people, it happens in the prem way more than you guys think. People, they're, they're so like opportunist uh, yes. to to like make. Uh, they, people do find a way when when somebody makes a mistake in any other European league, they find to they find a way to justify it for that particular person, that player. Yes. Oh, he's oh, Steven Gerrard slipped and whatever. It's not. It's curious. Like, like, <laughs> it's yeah. It's all. It's never like uh, you know the entire Premier League. Uh, you know is is embarrassing. But in, in, to some degree, it's um, making a mistake in the Premier League as there are you. Like the whole point of soccer is that the, people have to make mistakes. Yes. So <laughs> that the game is fun to watch. Yes. You can't. You can't. You want. You don't want pitchers duels. All game, just nil nil all day. That would not be an entertaining uh, product. So, uh, yeah. So, look, I, 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 as long as St. Louis, best of luck to St. Louis. Just other teams, just be aware that they're wearing a different jersey than you. Don't give them the ball. <laughs> okay. Um, S27 said MLS defending isn't good on a global standard. Okay. So let's. I want to address this because where where is the evidence? That you're saying you're saying MLS defending is not good on a global, literally global standard, right? So there's plenty of leagues in in Eastern Europe. There's leagues. There's leagues in Iceland. There's I saw in Footmop that there's like a Samoan league. There's so I don't want to hear that it's not good on a on a global standard. If it's not good on a top five standard. Top, yes, at some there point MLS has to break in into your. Into your power rankings as I can at least respect that the defenders are trying. Okay, <laughs> that that it we it can't just be a blanket statement. And a lot of people make this blanket statement. They're just yeah. like ML, ML. What is it about? What could it be about Major League Soccer that is inherently where the players cannot defend? That makes no sense. I I, I see where you're saying, but I also know where they're coming from because when you think of the what. Ross, what MLS GMs focus on, they focus on signing the big attacking talents, you know, not the, the the defensive legends. Now you were spoiled in NYC with your center backs over the last few years, right? Who were you know top tier talent, but not superstars, not superstars, right? But but I mean, Collins and you know Chanel, the great duo at the time, right? Right. It, it's a um. I I think we're we're getting to a place. Well, the point you just made about uh, GMs focusing on attacking talent that isn't. That's not happening as much today. Yes, right? not as much as it used to. But. We had uh, we interviewed uh, Mike Jacobs, the the, the yeah. uh, uh, GM for uh, Nashville, and when you hear the 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 thought and 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 care taken in how how to build these rosters, it's not simply you know let's mm-hmm. get the, the nine foot this is, uh, you know striker up front and send a bunch of balls to him and whatever. It isn't. It, it, we we we're not like um, we're sort of past that. Yes. And and not every again. There's a lot of MLS teams, and so that means more teams will be bad, right? Because there won't be as many playoff spots, and 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 they're not going to make more teams. They're not going to make the playoffs, and blah blah blah. So it's just this um, this statement. I, I'm like I'm doing my best to kind of just fight fight it because yeah. it's it's fine if you're like, look, uh, you know, you don't respect MLS for not having pro rel or blah blah blah. Like totally valid reasons, but I've already. 
I've watched enough games for years. I've already interviewed a lot of these players. You know mm-hmm. their, where they come from, their backgrounds, and, and how much work it takes to even get to MLS. Especially, you know, CCL is a great example of now the way we're talking about how, you know, MLS should win it or whatever. Or mm-hmm. the, the, for the, the story with Violet against Austin FC, you know how... It, it, for for them to beat an MLS team, it is like, it's like beating Manchester City in the Champions yes. League final. It's a huge, huge deal. And so I just want more people to, to be aware that the way people are perceiving the league is not the way you may perceive the league or the way you thought it was 10, 15 years ago. The league is actually very, very strong and very competitive. And in uh, relative, especially in, in the region... It's it's pretty well respected, and just from a competition standpoint, even if you don't like whatever the rules or Tam and Gam and all this other stuff, the players are good. That's 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 my point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love the CCL, but I actually really want you know MLS and Liga Mekis teams to play in the tournaments with the Argentine and Brazilian clubs. You know, that would be yeah. I want the wild. Libertadores for for MLS clubs. I loved when we were when the U.S. was in the Copa America, seeing mm-hmm. where the U.S. stood with you know south american teams then i think the americas they just got to keep building relationship we have the 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 mexico us relationship now that's hammered in let's let's spread that and make it you know a north and south america type of deal well we're um you know look even with, with uh, argentina we i mean how many argentinian players are now coming into major so league many. soccer it's 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 becoming a a place where even um young argentinian players are like you know maybe the next step up is not is not straight into Europe. Maybe mm-hmm. it's uh, MLS, and then um, I'm moving from there. So I think the the you know seeing the the success. I, I you know Miguel Amiron is not Argentinian. He's from Paraguay. But you know seeing if, if Thiago Almada can uh, have a lot of success in 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 Atlanta, bro, he's he's gonna be uh, thirty mil. It, yeah, I think it, he's gonna it, be he's gonna sold in for Premier thirty League mil in a, next in, year in a heartbeat. Um, the okay, there's some people in the chat. Is uh, somebody asked who has the best uh, defense in MLS? I don't know who asked this, but what 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 who, who do you think has the best defense? I mean, my oh Philly, right? It's got to be Philly. Yeah, yeah. Philly feels Philly. Then maybe Nashville. Nashville's up there. It was NYC. I I don't know about anymore, but um yeah, yeah. I, I mean, when you think of the standard in MLS for defense, I'd think the Philadelphia Union, and they have a mix of you know. Super draft talent, international talent. It's it's great. And then obviously Andre Blake, you need to have a keeper to have a great back line. I know 100%. he just went down with an injury, but you know, when he's there, he's the undisputed best keeper in MLS. Without but, a doubt. Michael Raymond said, Is MLS so bad? If 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 MLS is so bad, then why are MLS teams signing top talent from South America? Exactly. It's look, it it, it it's there's been a combination of uh some financial stability with and whether it's through the popularity of the sport or just insane expansion fees yeah. or whatever. But it's it's getting to a point where uh, the league, from, uh, from as, as a player or even as an agent, you're like, all right, this seems like a viable option for all of us to get the bag, bro. Uh, and at, at the end of the day, that's obviously going to be a very, very big factor. I don't think many players necessarily care how good, "Quote unquote," good the league is, or how good the defense is. Because if you're an attacker, <laughs> please put me in. You put probably me, want to join this league. Some <laughs> of the worst defending in the world, so that I can get an opportunity to obviously play for my national team. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, all right, uh, all right. Anything else before we wrap up? I think we're almost done. Uh, Robert uh, Pesaturo said, "Concacaf and Comebol should merge, but never will." 
No, that not, not that. yeah, not for World Cup competition, like not for qualification, but I think you know just merging in terms of having you know teams from each region in tournaments together would be great. Okay. Um, and like they said, the Copa America, which I think is coming back to the U.S. or the U.S. is going to be in yeah, the U.S. going to be in it. Yeah, yeah, that that not official, great. but they, yeah. there've been a couple of weird issues where people didn't like Weston McKinney or somebody say something like, "Oh, we're going to be playing in Copa yeah. America," and they're like, "Hey, hey no, 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 we're <laughs> was not. It Ty- I think it was Tyler <laughs> Adams. Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 we can't. No, don't say it yet. Uh, the um, top talent might be stretching and referring to uh, uh, Argent. I mean, Kevin's a big Argentina guy, big yes. River Plate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's it, look, but just the fact that there have been, um, it's not even about attracting top top talent, but just the fact that in Argentina they see it as a stepping stone mm-hmm. is is better than it was, you know, 15 years ago. Like, well, even Thiago Almada, who um, obviously won the World Cup. Um, he, he he got on the roster after there were a couple of injuries, but he he was on the list to go. He played go. six minutes against Poland, like he was there. I saw it count. His his <laughs> he got a medal. Um, but that was a big issue for um, you know, p- players, especially Argentinian players that played in MLS were never getting opportunities and, and getting called up to the national team at all mm-hmm. for any competitions. Uh, and and I think. That's it's starting to change. Obviously, he is the first uh, active MLS player to win a World Cup. Um, but it, it it's it does it does a good thing for the the brand in general mm-hmm. because a lot of these international coaches are people who are like um, uh, like the people in the chat. Like MLS has the worst defending in whatever, <laughs> and it's and you we're here to just convince them. They're like, no, these are com- you know competent players. They know what they're doing. Um, okay, let's wrap up, uh, everybody. Thank you so much uh, for hanging out uh, with us, Eli Searcy. Oh, thank you so thank much you, for having yeah. me. Thank this you, is Eli. an absolute honor. Been a fan of you guys for a very long time, and um, you know, this is one of my biggest appearances I've ever made. So. Look, look at that. Yes. Look, it's it's well deserved. It's also long overdue. Uh, we're you know we're we're huge fans of you uh, here at thank the Cooligans, and you. and seriously, go follow. Uh, Eli on Instagram and Twitter at this week in MLS. Uh, seriously, if you uh, want to stay up uh, with everything going on in Major League Soccer, there's uh, no one that does it more uh, outside of probably MLS employees that do it <laughs> as well as uh, as Eli does. And uh, look, best of luck. I know you are gra- you're graduating yes. college very very soon. Uh, and uh, when I guess uh, May thirteenth is the date. Congratulations, congratulations uh, uh, brother. I know it's I know it's I'm sure it's not easy to uh, balance school and you know your MLS obsession. I'd argue I don't. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it, it's something. Uh, you know, I wish I was as uh, committed to anything uh, when I was your age. So, but it's, it's really, really dope. I mean, the, like, like I said, um, you are going to do big things in uh, in American soccer. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. So uh, just keep up, keep up the good work. All right, buddy. Uh, so at This Week in MLS, go uh, give them a follow. Follow us at Soccer Cooligans, uh, uh, wherever you have your social media account, um, because uh, social media is great. Everybody loves it. Uh, so go. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> Does everyone? <laughs> okay. We got to keep up the facade, everybody. Social media. Woo. Follow it's, me. It's all. It's improved all of our lives uh, mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> at Soccer Cooligan make sure you can you can join the Patreon uh, as well uh, Alexis will be back 
next week unless CBS changes schedule or something. <laughs> um, but we will be recording uh, a new no cap recap to talk about everything uh, that's been going on with the Cooligans. We'll talk about the future of the Cooligans and everything. We're not going anywhere. Uh, and, and but we'll we'll tell you about how everything with um, uh, the CBS and Galasso Network happened and all those things. Uh, all right, chat. Y'all the absolute best. We will see you next week. Enjoy CCL. Enjoy this weekend of of football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But we'll see you next week, everybody. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.